0: Hi, my name is Tamara Jackson-Zims, I'm a Nebraska Extension plant pathologist covering diseases of corn and grain sorghum. Today we're at the South Central Ag Lab in Clay County and I want to talk to you about Southern Rust. We're mid-August right now and Southern Rust has been an issue for us in various parts of the state all the way to the northern regions, but it really started down here in the Southern counties where we see it more routinely. This year is worse. In many of these fields, we're beginning to get severe southern rust where it's more widespread in fields. Many of them, of course, have also been treated. And so when you're out there looking at southern rust, of course, this is a rust disease that produces a lot of orange and tan spores. Those spores are primarily on the top side of the leaf, and so you can see them here on this leaf that I've got in my hand. And so, these spores do rub off on your fingers, and so you can see that orange discoloration there. Uniquely, we don't generally see southern rust spore development on the back side of the leaf. And so, that's one way we use it to help differentiate it from other rust. Unless you see it near the midrib, sometimes we see spore development there. Or, in the case of this year in 2020, where we've had a lot of wind damage, and green snapping where a lot of leaves have been flipped upside down. Suddenly the bottom of the leaf is the top side and that's where we've been seeing sporulation. Of course, many of our fungicides do a good job managing southern rust and so timing is critical here. And um, many fungicides only give us about 21 days of protection. And so applying it too early might mean if we have a late bout with southern rust, that's when we see the fungicide protection Uh, come to an end and we see southern rust development and we come to questions about whether or not we should treat. This late in the season, late dough, and getting into dent like we are now, we have a very slim chance of getting a return on the investment of a foliar fungicide and so we have to think really hard about that. Some fields may be especially vulnerable and so anything that's very late planted that's still early in its development say in the milk stage or early dough may still benefit from some of those products. And so you really have to get out in the field and look for southern rust because it is very patchy in the field and varies throughout. Toward the end of the season, we'll see this disease continue to spread, especially we're seeing it now in the lower canopy. If weather conditions are favorable and it's warmer and humid, we'll see it in the upper canopy too. I want to warn everybody, if you had a lot of southern rust or any other disease it might mean that standability could be impacted before harvest and so it would be worth your time to spend time out in the field after senescence checking on standability and stalk strength by pushing on those plants and keeping track of the number that lodges below the ear leaf. It would help you identify which fields may have a problem. You'd need to do that to at least 100 plants or so in each field to get an idea which ones are more more vulnerable to lodging. We often have high wind events late in the season prior to harvest and that could put some of those fields at risk for harvest problems later on. Next I want to talk about gray leaf spot and that's what I'm holding here where the rectangular lesions are and you would have seen gabby talk about that compared to what those lesions look like compared to bacterial leaf streak. Well gray leaf spot is the disease that we normally see more commonly in south central Nebraska but this year that hasn't been the case. We've had much less gray leaf spot mainly in the lower canopy and it just has not become severe like we would normally see this time of year. Warm weather conditions, high humidity could drive that to become worse as we get closer to the end of the season. And so continue to look for resistant hybrids and, of course, foliar fungicides, if they're needed, can also manage that disease. The leaf I'm holding right now has physoderma brown spot. The fungus causing this disease creates lesions that look very different, whether you're talking about the leaf blade or in the, in the midrib like we're looking at here. On the leaf blade, it can be yellow to orange in color, and some people mistake it for even southern rust. In the midrib, you see that it's very dark purple or even black, and sometimes we see those small dots even on leaf sheaths. This disease has not been as common this year. This is one that was much more common last year because of how bad the wind, or excuse me, how much rainfall we had. The timing of that rainfall is critical too. And although if you have a susceptible hybrid with a lot of leaf area covered, it can cost you yield. The thing that I think people are beginning to mistake this disease for is another disease that I want to make sure that you're watching for later this fall. That disease is called tar spot, and you may have already heard about it in the Corn Belt east of us, especially over into Iowa. We know that tar spot is in western Iowa. So far, it has not been confirmed in Nebraska, but we expect that that disease will eventually move into our state. And I hope that people, especially in the easternmost counties, will scout fields and watch for plants that have tiny black dots on leaves. Those tiny black dots are fungal reproductive structures. They produce spores that help the disease spread. It's favored especially by cooler conditions, wet conditions, and it can be wind borne and splashed around. This is a disease we need to watch for. It can be devastating to yield in severe cases, and they've seen up to 50% yield loss in some of the Eastern Corn Belt. Uh, Not something that we think we'll see here, at least not anytime soon, but in states like Michigan, where they have a lot of irrigation, it has aggravated this disease and increased it. That's why we need to watch carefully for this disease. The fungus will overwinter and it'll develop year after year in that same area and so we want to let producers know when it moves in so that we can monitor for it and eventually if fungicides are needed we'll know when and where to spray. Additional diseases and things that you may confuse with tar spot As this southern rust matures out here, the spores will eventually be black. The fungus switches to black spores and trying to overwinter. And it's easy to confuse those with tar spot. In addition, I wanna let you know too, the most common thing you're gonna see that causes black dots is insect frass. And so make sure you try to rub it off. And if you can't rub it off, there's a chance that it could be the fungus causing tar spot. And please contact us in Nebraska Extension and get us a sample to the plant and pest diagnostic clinic. We've moved over to the soybeans now and I want to talk to you about a few important diseases that we're beginning to see on soybean. The first one is sudden death syndrome or what we call SDS and that's beginning to flare up in some of the fields in south central Nebraska now. And so the things that you'll notice first is that the upper leaves of these soybean plants are beginning to turn yellow and when you look closer, you'll notice that the yellowing is especially between the leaf veins. Eventually that uh, area will turn necrotic or brown and the entire leaves will die and eventually fall off and defoliate that plant. In fact, that can happen within a couple of weeks. That's why they call it sudden death syndrome. These same plants that have the leaf symptoms also have severely rotted roots. And so you'll find when you go down and try to pull those up, they probably are going to pull pretty easily because many of the lateral roots have rotted off. Sometimes, if you look very closely, you may see a bright blue discoloration. If you do, that's almost a guarantee that what you have is SDS because the fungus causing that disease sporulates bright cobalt blue. And sometimes we'll see that on the surface of roots. A few things that you need to know about SDS. We do have good resistance to that disease, and that is your number one way to manage it. In fact, we've seen an increase of 80% yield in the presence of SDS when you select resistant varieties. In addition, we also have a seed treatment, Alevo, that has been effective against sudden death syndrome, and it's given us benefits of 20% increases in yield. So we recommend in severe cases, you can use that seed treatment product on top of selecting a resistant variety. In addition, when we talk about SDS, I want to make sure that you understand that soybean cyst nematode is important because it can impact sudden death syndrome development, making it develop both earlier and become more severe than if the nematode was not there. Nematode distribution across Nebraska is becoming increasingly widespread. It's important that you sample and know whether that nematode is in your fields. We know soybean cyst nematode can cost up to 30% yield loss with no visible or measurable symptoms other than yield loss itself. And so it's critical that we know where it's at and that we monitor the eggs per 100 cc of soil as a measure of how bad that's getting. The good news is soybean cyst can be managed with crop rotation to a non-host crop Especially corn or even with alfalfa. And although we do have resistant varieties for soybean cyst nematode, and it's important that we select those, remember that the nematode can adapt to the resistant variety. And the unfortunate part is that we are using most of our resistant varieties coming from the same line that's PI 88788. Now we know in many states, even in Nebraska, that nematodes are adapting to that level of resistance. In some states, that resistance is no longer useful. In Nebraska, here we know that at least 50% of our nematode populations can reproduce on that level of resistance, on that type of resistance. It's important when you select your varieties that not only are you looking for resistant varieties but you're also changing varieties because the nematode can adapt not just to the resistance but also to the variety itself. And so be sure and keep those things in mind as well as you have seed treatment nematicides that you can also use. And using a, an assortment of different combinations of these strategies will help give you the most favorable results against soybean cyst nematode. And if you're not sure if you have soybean cyst, but you're having a hard time meeting your, your yield goals, this could be something that's holding you back. You can sample in any crop, any time of year, down to about eight inches deep, and that can be processed for soybean cyst nematode. To summarize, we've talked about a number of diseases today in both corn and soybean. And it's important that you review what your fields have and keep track of that because that'll help you make wise decisions this winter on which varieties to select and better position in those fields when you come back to soybeans. There's other diseases, of course, that you should keep your eyes out on, including this time of year, like frog eye leaf spot. So I encourage you to please go to graduate student Asha Mani's presentation on Frog Eye and learn more about how we've learned that we have fungicide resistance in Nebraska and how that's going to change your management strategies for that disease. If you need help identifying or managing any of these diseases, please send a sample to the UNL Plant and Pest Diagnostic Clinic or contact us in Nebraska Extension for more information. Thank you for joining us.